Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cesar Hernandez, and today we're going to talk about Mexico getting a 3-2 win over South Korea. And joining me to talk about it is Tom Marshall. Tom, how are you doing? It's like, about, I think, game just ended about, uh, I want to say, like 30 minutes ago. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a weird game, no? I mean, it was actually quite yeah. good. It was exciting. I mean, you know, you watch some of the games in the international break, and it's especially the friendlies, <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know, it's difficult to watch. But this one was, uh, you know, obviously a really good game. And um, I don't know, it was kind of like, I don't know, obviously we're going to get into it, but it was such a mixed kind of performance for Mexico because I, I thought there were some real positives there. And I know a lot of the Twitter talk is, is on the negatives, but and there were definitely negatives, but it, it was also, it was there were also quite a few positives. So I don't know, what's, what, what, what would you say your main take is Cesar from the from the game I mean I guess it's it's there are a few different things you know that, that come to mind because it was such a weird game and it was such it was definitely a very odd match especially in that second half I guess the the first thing that comes to mind I guess if I'm looking at like immediately what comes to mind the pros are just that are positive I'm looking at just the chance creation because Mexico had a number of opportunities there in the final third and you could definitely see that Yes, you know, you know, Korea were doing kind of a defensive approach with that five-four-one. I mean, even the commentators were look, were saying, you know, almost felt like there were six defenders, <laughs> you know, as opposed to just a five-four-one. A uh, and through that, yes, you know, you, you would say in the first half that you know Mexico didn't get a goal there, that they were missing opportunities. But at the same time, I felt like Korea weren't exactly doing that great of a job to really man mark uh, Mexico in the final third. So I, I guess the, the, the good news there is that the chances were there. I, I guess the bad news, I mean, if we could talk about some of the negatives defensively and how susceptible Mexico looked to the counters, but I, the, the bad news was just the finishing, you know? <laughs> I mean, it was just from, from Tecatito, from Chucky, from Raul Jimenez. Yes, uh, Jimenez ended up getting a goal there, but there was something a little worrisome there uh, when it got, when it came to finishing although uh, all it took was what three minutes four minutes in the second half for Mexico to really flip the script on on this entire match and it just get those three goals within a short period of time yeah no definitely yeah I mean I'd say the main concern is the 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 transitions the way yeah. that Mexico there was for me clear par- parallels between what happened with with Argentina and where Mexico basically got smashed because they were they were left so open and you know you saw kind of Korea Korea's counterattacks at times, and Mexico looked really open. And I think that centre back partnership of Salcedo and Moreno, um, you know, it's picking up a lot of criticism. It it, it lacks pace. And if you're going to have a even a, a medium line, then then obviously Korea all the time were looking for that ball in behind. You know, the space between the goalkeeper and the and the back line, and and it and it really worked. I mean, on the hour mark, they nearly scored uh, you know another goal, and that would have made it that would have made it two zero. Um, and you know they didn't have much of the game. They didn't really create too much career, in apart from you know obviously the two goals they scored and that other opportunity. Like they they didn't do that much. I didn't even think defensively they were that good. I mean yeah. you know Mexico's expected goals was like four point seven six, which <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. I mean if if that if that game was six six two, then you know maybe maybe the conversation is slightly different around it. Um, but I think it was a, I think it was a really good game because you know, like you touched on there, I thought I thought it kind of summed up Mexico really well um, in in terms of, yeah, the, the finishing. Tata will be angry. That game should have been over after arguably 16 minutes. You know, Mexico should have been two zero up after 16 minutes, and and then obviously coasting. 
Um, and after that, you've always got that risk. And, and that's the kind of, that's what happens in the big tournaments as well. You can't, you can't, you need to you need to take those chances. The only thing is, I don't know too much about how you do that. You know what I mean? It's just, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know what, you, what how you go about that. Um, but creating that many chances, and and I I, I like the the Tecatito Lozano and and Jimenez. Um, you know, I don't know, I don't know if everyone expects them to score a hat trick each, but um, it was interesting how they were used as well because yeah. Jimenez, you know, they'd swap positions quite a lot, and you saw Jimenez sometimes just drifting out to the left and, and it was Lozano kind of down the middle at times and then Lozano would drift over to the right and it was you could see the difference between the Argentina game and the and this game was that you know Martinez obviously wanted a lot more in terms of movement and I thought Korea couldn't really handle it at times um and you know <laughs> it's 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 difficult to say that when it's you know when you're 1-0 down at half time and if Mexico would have lost that game it would have been difficult to say oh the, the attacking trio was really good but I think I don't know. I, I thought there was a lot of potential there, and um, I think defend. You know, teams looking at how Mexico played up front, and they're going to be like, gonna, I mean, that's a it's a scary front three, and um, you know, the, the way Mexico imposed the game as well, um, I thought was positive. But then, obviously, there were those there were those issues. No, but but if we're looking at uh, the like the second half, we're actually looking at these goals. Are we going to say that it's no longer Raúl Loco, but it's or Ancedo? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to go with this. But shot, no. But honestly, I, I, I think uh, you know, credit to those guys. Uh, I mean, yes, maybe in, in an an entirely different game. You know, it could have potentially been you know Chucky and Tecatito and Jimenez stealing the headlines if, if a couple of those opportunities would have gone in, and we would have been talking once again about you know how incredible that front three was. But in the end. Uh, I, I think the players who will potentially get more you know, attention now, the, the players who will potentially get a, I don't know, more headlines potentially tomorrow are players like Orbelin and Antuna. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting when I was tweeting out about the games, you know, all my ridiculous hot takes. <laughs> but someone uh, someone responded with uh, Liga Mekis stepping up. And I thought, I was like, ah, you know what? Yeah, that is that, that is actually kind of something that, you know, stood out. You know, Orbelin with his two assists, you know, Antuna with his goal, you know, Salcedo with his goal. And I, I think it's a little bit of a reminder, too, that, yes, you know, that's obviously Mexico's best front three and the best attacking options are going to continue to be Lozano, Jimenez, and Tecatito. They, sh- they 100% deserve to get those opportunities and they 100% deserve to lead the attack. But... At the same time, you know, credit to Orbelin Pineda, who some of us have, you know, written off for a little bit. You know, credit to someone like Antuna, who's looked like, you know, who's arguably had a, a very good season with Chivas, despite, you know, some of the ups and downs that Chivas have had. And Salcedo, too, who I, I, I like the fact that he scored and like the fact that it's another step in the right direction for him, because I feel like he's still trying to compensate or not compensate, but he's still trying to improve his game after some of the issues he's had uh, after coming back to Liga Mekis. Yeah. Yeah, it was a kind of reminder, wasn't it? I mean, I don't know. I don't want to bring up the the kind of US again, but it's kind of like you know you see they drew zero zero with with Wales, and and obviously their kind of Twitter and their social media, you know, the people, the media, the fans, they're really really excited, and obviously they've got this this generation in Europe. But I think what we forget on the on 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 the Mexico side. Um, and I don't think what they what they kind of probably know because they don't watch Liga MX is these player Cordoba is fantastic. Yeah. You know, Charlie Rodriguez is a top top player. Obelin Pineda as well. Uriel Antuna. I mean, these this is why Tata Martino came 
took over this national team. He really believes he can craft something with those types of players. And I, I would say, I think the one thing with those players is is consistency. I think pretty yeah. much for all of them. I mean, on the day, we've seen what Calderwood can do. We've seen what Charlie Rodriguez can do against Liverpool. You know, we, we've seen we've seen what Antuna can do w- with the national team. He can absolutely rip rip teams apart. Um, but they what they need, you know, it's just that lack of consistency in doing it week in week out. And um, and yeah, no, but it, it does it does kind of throw that question that that you know that there is a kind of. You know, slowly now we're seeing the, these players kind of, you know, pushing. And you know, I've been banging on about it for quite a long time now. But I think one of Mexico's big problems in terms of the in terms of the generational change is going to be how you replace Herrera and Guardado. Because, I, I'm, and I'm not, I don't say that because there aren't players. You know what I mean? There, there were definitely players, but it's just the level and the consistency and the experience that Herrera and Guardado have got. And Herrera, we're not we're not writing off right now, anyways. But yeah. you know, Guardado's kind of. He's in a bit of a these injuries are quite concerning now and, and looking towards Qatar. Um th- these guys are they can control a game for you. You know, they they know when to when to make a tactical foul and you know, maybe on some of those transitions that's what that's what Mexico should have been doing, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, am I am I because yeah, it's it's kind of tough sometimes to analyze, you know, players, you know, and in the midfield and the roles that they have, like like Charlie Rodriguez, you know, and Sebastian Cordova. But am I wrong in saying that just I felt like one big thing that Mexico was missing in this game and maybe, I don't know, maybe they could have like, I know I'm saying this after they got the 3-2 win and after they created all these chances, but maybe it would have been a little bit easier if you had an Herrera in there. Maybe it would have been a little yeah. bit easier if you had a Guardado there because I, yes, uh, Cordova and Charlie Rodriguez represent the next generation of, of midfielders, you know, the central midfielders, attacking midfielders, but I just wanted so much more from them. I felt they were just way too quiet today. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I thought they were, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, I, I, um, you know, I felt Rodriguez and, and Cordova, I thought they were pretty good. I didn't think they were sensational. I think they can do more, but let's not forget, I mean, Cordova plays in so many positions that uh, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. how many times I, I remember kind of as an interior midfielder in a in a three and so you you have to factor that in as well and and charlie i don't know it's, i don't know think about charlie rodriguez is I, I always compare him to that game against liverpool and i'm like charlie that's you that's your level i mean that's yeah. what you can do and and it's not like for those of us who watched him regularly for like a couple of years now we we know that's his level you know what i mean because it's not like that's his only game and he's never done that before and it was a complete fluke. He's shown that consistently that he's got that that top kind of top level quality. But then I don't know, then then now he's like what, twenty three, going on twenty four with the national team and it's like, okay, you kind of just want him to like shift up a little gear now, um and and turn in those kind of performances like he did against Liverpool a little with a little bit more consistency. But um but yeah, no, we'll I think I think obviously that I think there's a lot of Potential in that that kind of you know the Charlie Rodriguez and, and Cordoba. Um, I don't think they give you what Jonathan dos Santos gives you in terms of that energy, in terms of that bite, you know that kind of on the on the more defensive side as well, uh, where you, you know just a player who's just going to fly around and and kind of disrupt the opposition. I think I think both those you know Charlie and Cordoba they do work hard, but I think they're more they're more kind of creative. Um, but yeah, no, um, and, and I thought you know I thought you know the defense. Is is an issue for Mexico? Yeah. Um. I, I I think I don't know. I mean, you can analyze the in, individual plays, the individual goals, but like I said, I think I think the pace of Salcedo and Moreno is is you know that's that's an issue. 
I mean, you saw Korea consistently looking to get behind those two, and and um, and then I think right back as well. I think Chaka Rodriguez. I mean, I've got people absolutely diss him. You know what I mean? Like he's the worst player. He's. I think he's a, he's a good player. Um, I do have my question marks, and I think I always have about whether he's an international level player. And you look on the other side, and you look at Gallardo, and he's another who can have he can have very good games and he can have bad games, but you think kind of Gallardo's level and maybe because of his age as well, he's just that little bit higher. Whereas you look at Chaka Rodriguez and you think that's what you get. And and is that good enough? You know what I mean? Cause he is in his prime. I think he's 29, 30. Like that's what you get. And I'm not sure, or, you know, it's international football. You can't go out into the transfer market and buy someone, but I do have my concerns. If I don't know if that's the guy for, to be the right back, then again, I don't, where else do you go? You know? It was it was almost frustrating. I want Shaka to be bad because I want Mexico to move on past him. But he wasn't honestly like yes. I think I agree with you with Moreno and Salcedo. And I think it doesn't take much. I think any casual viewer can watch that game and realize wow, you know, Korea is looking dangerous here on counters. But I still thought that Shaka was fine. I thought he was okay. I thought I thought he was. I still thought he was good. I thought he had a decent game. You know, I like yeah. And that was frustrating for me. I don't know how you thought he played, but. I thought, actually, to be honest, I thought he was one of Mexico's best. I'm, I'm gonna go. I, I don't like saying that because I, because I want Mexico to move on past him. But he was involved in the attack. He looked pretty good, like going forward. You know, he, he I, you could say that he actually was pretty crucial with the first goal there. I think he was the one who, I think he got like he got a ball and he was the one who gave the the assist, uh, the yeah. ball to Odebelin before Jimenez scored. So. I thought Shaka was fine, and it bothers me that he continues to be okay because I want Mexico to move on past him. But he was, he, he, I, I honestly, I, I don't know if you agree with me. I thought he was one of Mexico's best. I might be in the wrong here, but yeah, no, I just thought the first goal for Korea. I thought he gave, you know, he gave the, he should, he should have used it better. He had the ball on the right, and and you know, he played it into danger, and and then the goal I think comes from that and comes from from down his wing. So I mean, yeah, that's 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 the thing, and I don't know. It's just it's also it's not necessarily what he does wrong, but. Imagine if you've got a right-footed Gallardo at right-back. You know what I mean? He's yeah. flying forward. You can legitimate, legitimate pace, can take on players, go around the outside. I don't know. I think that's the that's what you're kind of looking for. I think Jorge Sanchez, we talked about it on the other pod, for me, it's just his concentration. I think he's got the the raw elements. I think Mosso um, isn't isn't quite there yet for me. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it is a position that, that um, Tata will be, will be looking. And Tata Martino also said the other day that Tecatito could play as a wing back in yeah. the back five. He said, "Look, yeah. we might never ever see it, but it's something that I've definitely got in my mind. It's definitely something I'm considering." And I think what what Tata wants to do there is it would be a way of introducing Pizarro. Um, mm-hmm. Tata loves Pizarro. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is. He just absolutely loves him. But yeah, no, I think um, yeah, it's interesting. I think the centre backs as well. I think that's. I don't think we've 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 got any real answers tonight, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I know it's only one game, but I just I think we're back to to the position we were in before, and and like what we said the other day, where just I think there's Mexico have got a lot of centre backs at a similar level right now. You know, when we're talking about the Montes, we're talking about the Araujo, we're talking about the Salcedo, um, and I don't know, you know, Mexico needs one of those to kind of now step up. You know, Moreno obviously the age factor, although he, although he's you know, I, I think he's a top, he's a really good player, Moreno. I'm not I'm not writing him out either. But I, th- I think one of those other centre backs needs to needs to kind of just step up and you know maybe Montes moving to Europe or you know something like that, something to kind of give him a bit a distance between the other ones. But um, 
but yeah, no. Anything else that says other? Uh, yeah, I think I think there's. Out? Yeah, I think we have like a few minutes left here, and I think one thing that we have yet to talk about is Hugo Gonzalez. I mean, yeah. uh, that was I. I wanted him to do pretty well as well. Like, I, especially it's funny calling him like a a young goalkeeper, but I guess in comparison to I don't know someone like Dala, I guess he's a young goalkeeper. So you you want a little bit more of that depth, but when it comes to those backup positions, but I just thought he looked like the most uneasy player uh, out there on the field for Mexico. Wasn't really happy with uh, with some of his distribution. It's definitely partially at fault for the first goal. Second goal, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe you could make the argument there. And I thought one thing the commentators brought up too, which I thought was interesting, was just like, you know, they were criticizing him for not really, you know, dishing out any instructions to his back line, which is something I kept an eye on and realized that, yeah, he was very, very quiet. But I thought that was pretty disappointing from, from Hugo Gonzalez there. Yeah, no, he, he doesn't look confident. I think that's the that's the thing for me. Um, he doesn't. He's not kind of you know radiating confidence and that I belong as the Mexican national team goalkeeper. It's interesting. Ochoa does think that that Gonzalez is the next number one, like after him. I mean, I think Ochoa's on record saying that. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, I think it goes back to another thing that we've we've talked about as well. It's like that under twenty three squad, and and obviously. These squads that we're seeing right now are kind of balances. You know, I'm sure Tata would, you know, he might well, you know, bring up different different players um, from the under-23s. Um, and, and I think the goalkeeper position, one of them, and I think Malagón specifically, is, for me, I, I'm just a big fan of him. And I think, I don't know, I just think he can fit kind of Tata Martino's style. Acevedo as well at Santos Laguna, I think those are the two. Um, and and I think that's something we're going to have to see. But but Hugo Gonzalez, I don't think it's kind of time to write him off or anything like that. Obviously, it's you know, it's. Um, but this is the other thing with the goalkeeping position. If you're not starting regularly for the national team, then it's very difficult to strike that chemistry with the defense to kind of, you know, to to, to know what the what the what the head coach is wanting, especially with someone like Tata, who's very specific way of playing out the back. Um, and, and and it is difficult. I mean, I think it's I think it's uh, it's tough for, for Hugo Gonzalez, and you don't really know where he is in the pecking order right now. You assume it's Ochoa and then Talavera, and then kind of open after that. But I mean, Talavera's touching forty now. I mean, you know, he's not gonna. I don't know how long he's gonna be gonna be around as well. So just to wrap things up, can we say? I mean you know in other games maybe it isn't the best way to give a summary but maybe the scoreline is actually kind of a decent summary for Mexico three steps forward but maybe one to two steps back uh for all three I don't know what, what are your thoughts on that I feel like that's there there are definitely a lot of uh I don't I don't want to use the word positives because unfortunately you know just what happened to the South Korean team before the game but there are definitely a lot of like you know good things that we've saw from Mexico but at the same time there's still some issues that that linger yeah, no, I thought, I thought, I thought in general Mexico played well, and especially in possession. I thought all you can want from a team in the attacking sense is to create chances, and then obviously, you know, second secondary to that, it goes without saying that you need to score the goals. But <laughs> if you're creating those chances, then then percentage-wise, statistically, you're gonna you're gonna do well over the long term. Um, and right, Mexico, well. it's, it's not like it's not like Lozano, Raúl Jiménez, Tecatito. These guys are, you know. Are going to miss chances consistently for the next two years. It's just like sometimes games go like that. So, um, so I, I'm not too concerned about that. I think the the problem for me and the thing that the game highlighted more than anything is, and and probably this is my main take to be honest. Um, even more than the the win or the or the way Mexico created or or anything. I think the the main take is that on those 
you know, attack defense transitions, Mexico were very vulnerable once again. And and that work that, that Tata Martino has, has tried to do, and let's be honest, he's not really had the players very often, especially the Europe-based ones. He's only had them since September 2019. He's only had a full squad once, and that was that was last month. And so it, it's, it's, it's very difficult international level to work on that. But I just wonder now if, if Tata's going to, you know, start thinking a little bit, maybe that back line of... of of five again, you know, maybe we see that again, and, and maybe that's a way of kind of just balancing it out. Because I was what you know, I remember one kind of Korea, I think just before half time, and it was like there was there's four Korean players for for three Mexicans, you know, with with Korea on the ball approaching the the penalty area, and it's like you can't be outnumbered in defence. I mean, that's just it's just that's poor, you know, that's poor kind of you know, um, I don't know, just just general kind of game intelligence from 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 the Mexican players because I'm sure Tata Martino is not asking for that. And so that's that's going to be a real issue. And I think it's something that Tata Martino is going to be seriously thinking about, considering. I mean, you know, there are options as well. You know, like I said, the back five. Instead of instead of playing the 4-3-3 with the kind of 4-1-2, maybe maybe you play the, the 4-2-1. So so for example, you know, you got Edson um and Herrera next to each other as two kind of number sixes and then and then, and then, kind of above them, you have, um, you know, you have more of a number ten. You maybe, maybe that's a way of squeezing Pizarro in there. Maybe that's the way of, you know, you put Charlie Rodriguez a bit further forward. I mean, I don't know. I think those are the things that um, the Mexican national team now are going to be, going to be kind of, and Tata's going to be, I don't know, thinking over in his head what ways can, can, can I get to so that this doesn't happen? Because at the end of the day. Career have got one outstanding player. I mean, Son was brilliant. He's such a great player to watch. But at the end of the day, um, against better teams, um, Mexico will get punished. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll get seriously punished. And against better defences, they're not going to create as many chances. And then potentially you've got a problem. So that's probably my biggest take. Um, but yeah, good to get the, the win again. Let's not forget that. It's, it's important to build this momentum, to keep winning games. And even when you're not your best in all areas so um so yeah another win for mexico and I'm, I'm looking forward to the japan game as well because i think japan are going to be significantly um you know a real a real challenge i think yeah so it's something uh, to keep an eye on next week's game against japan but uh but uh, that's it for us thanks to tom thanks to listeners thanks to producer amy for posting these online don't forget to get follow us on twitter at max soccer and max soccer show and on instagram at the mexican soccer show thanks again and until next time we'll see you on the next episode see you guys around